0: what's up y'all welcome back or good morning uh welcome to the drunk turkey show morning edition so to speak yeah good, uh, good morning smarts.
1: blue i was seeing all the good mornings it makes me want to say like uh good
0: morning
1: youtube
0: <laughs> <laughs> do it with some more enthusiasm Blue. Uh, it,
1: i, I want to do it like robin williams but you know he I, you can't make you can't say vietnam and youtube make it sound the same thing
0: Nah, dude, just sit on a sit on a cactus when you say it, and I'm <laughs> sure you'll you'll hit you'll hit some notes you didn't know you had how, how how was work last night, my man? It
1: was busy for a while, man it was
0: busy for a while and
1: they slowed down, so you know they just got off a ten hour shift and uh, some sodas and coffee kind of night.
0: yeah, I hear you you work tonight
1: No, I'm off tonight so.
0: ooh, party time, big blue is off. You know what that means. Go find them out if you're in San Antonio, Texas and you want to see a crazy time, just go out there, have your ear out the window, roll down your windows. I know it's hot, but roll down your windows and you'll hear the calls of Big Blue throughout mm-hmm. the night and you'll be able to find them. On uh, uh,
1: a good night, I, I, I roar like a dinosaur on a good night when it's a good party night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear the roars. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking about uh, Richard Allen and the Delphi case. There's been a tremendous amount of documents that have been dropped all at once. Uh, a lot of it is repetitive. A lot of it goes back and forth. We have some guests with us that are going to go over uh, these documents. Um, we're still waiting on Sunny from Crime and Shame, but our co host, Aspen Connor, is here with us today. How are you doing? Good morning, Aspen. Oh, it was, there it is. Sorry hey, about good that. Morning. Hey, good morning. <laughs> uh, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, a lot of documents have been dropped. I know you guys out at uh, Crime and Shame. Um, last night, we're talking about a majority of them. Your first impressions um, of the documents that were dropped—the sure amount of size. Uh, what were your thoughts on those things?
2: I mean, it was a massive. Um, it was a massive document, um, for sure. Um, and you know, I mean, a lot of it was pretty mundane. But I mean, the um, the parts of it that were juicy, I think, were um, very damning for Richard Allen. And I um, I definitely wouldn't want to wake up in his shoes any day. Right, right. No, 100%. 100%. Um,
0: there's there's quite a bit of information. Uh, I myself have gone through quite a bit of it. Not all of it. It's 284 pages, 180 something documents. Right. Um, it is tremendous. But fortunately, a lot of it is repetitive. Uh, we'll look at a few things. The first thing that I had noticed in this document, and it comes out of the uh, emergency motion to modify safekeeping order, which was, it says right here, good Mr. Morning. Allen. Morning. Uh oh, good morning, Sonny. How's it going?
3: <laughs> you know, when you hit that alarm and then you're just like, I'm going to get up in a minute. Yeah. It was one of those mornings. <laughs> <Good> morning.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad we woke you up and started your day. I know, I know, I know big blue is not Folgers in your cup. But we'll do our best. <laughs> Anyways,
3: good morning, good morning. Hey, you
1: know what I've been drinking lately, and it's delicious. What's it's that? It's called Jet Fuel. It's, it's uh, what? It's called Jet Fuel. It's the name of the coffee. Oh, okay, okay.
3: Um, Jet Fuel now. Oh, okay. I don't know that It's hurt, pretty right? good.
1: It, I like that one. And the other one that's good, if you ever, you know, you need to know uh, a good wake up, I like uh, Black Rifle Coffee. Is also really good. That's so the they, they have a bunch of different flavors, but also. You know, everybody says the strongest one out there and it doesn't even taste that strong. Uh You can try Death Wish.
0: Interesting. I don't drink coffee <laughs> at all. And if you see me drinking coffee, I it's not a good sign. <laughs>
1: who's who's down there trying to
2: get sponsorship? Yeah, I, I, I was going to like, say, we do need some <laughs> sponsors though.
1: I, I drank probably like over 100 different types of coffees. I got into coffees for a while. So. Just like whiskey and bourbon, you know, I got to try one of each every time. So.
0: 100%. 100%. So, we were just about to get into these documents, uh, okay. there, Sonny. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I had wanted to mention was that a lot of folks are are looking at, or the the defense in the Richard Allen case is looking at the ter- deterioration of Richard Allen's uh, physical appearance. They're, you know, trying to connect that with potentially a mental, um, right, you know, issue there. And here, here's here's the thing though. It says here, Mr. Allen suffered from depression dating back to his early years. Upon his, con- his incarceration, Mr. Allen was presumably evaluated and, medic- and medicated by present medical staff. Upon, up until his visit, with up until a visit with Mr. Allen on April 4th, 2023, counsel for Mr. Allen found him to be polite, communicative, with great eye contact, generally responsive to our questions and exhibiting a good sense of humor. On occasion, in spite of his false arrest, And circumstances. However, deteriorating physical condition has been observed by the council dating back to the beginning of the new year. Now, I find this interesting because this states that up until April 4th is when, um, you know, he he was fine. What happened? April 3rd, he makes a confession to his wife, right? So, do you think that? does this sound to you we'll ask you sunny first does this sound like this was a uh, a deterioration over time or do you think this was a oh snap i i said something i shouldn't on a recorded line and now i gotta act crazy so that it can. oh
3: get um absolutely a facade right from the get like you know meaning anyone's going to deteriorate because when you're out in free in life absolutely everything's going great you can eat you can do this you can do that um and then all of a sudden he's caught but that whole mental thing health issues that's just a facade they need to throw it out of court his confessions and that's all that is it's just just one of those typical defense things that they have to do it's just a facade i put on an act but i mean is someone gonna have some probably anxiety some issues because they're (laughs) they they have to deal with the reality of what they've done and then his wife stops talking to him or hangs up on him i should say and then he hasn't made any phone calls since and stuff like that. So that's how I feel about it. It was, it's an absolute uh, strategy to get those confessions thrown out by using his mental health. Yeah.
0: No, Thanks. I agree 100%. I found the timing in which his, his mental capacity started to diminish. It's extremely odd given the fact that it was noticed the day after mm. his first confession. Yeah. Uh, alleged, alleged confession. Alleged. Right. Um, <clears throat> So that was the first part that I found very interesting. Now, I went through majority of this, and that was page twenty something, twenty four. I didn't find anything of interest until page one twenty, and so <laughs> that tells you there was a lot of fluff in between. Uh, what did you do? You think that it was done on purpose, um, or do you think this just was a, a dump? Uh, um, we'll ask, We'll go first with you, Aspen, and then we'll ask you, Sonny, and then Big Book.
2: Um, I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, I, when I When I received these documents, you know, I mean, I expected them to be um, redacted. I didn't Mm -hmm. see hardly any redactions in them. I literally think they basically just did a um, document dump to the point where they didn't even redact his social security number. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there there were juvenile witnesses there that are listed by name in it. Um, That surprised me. Um, And so I I literally think that, you know, any document um, pertaining to Richard Allen in the um, Delphi case file that did not pertain to his mental health records. I think they just they released. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: And Sonny, what do you think? Do you think that um, the way they dumped this was it done strategically? Uh, do you feel that um, the same maybe Yeah, the same all point? the information that was dropped all at once. You think that was strategically by the prosecution or defense to to hide anything, you know, within yeah. all the documents, or do you think that maybe perhaps? You know, maybe a slow drip with the important aspect coming out and, and allowed to be highlighted um, would have made Richard Allen look more, you know, guilty.
3: You talk about the dumping of these files?
0: Right, right, right. You know, there was 284 pages that were dumped, right? Do you think that was a strategic thing? So that way,
3: um, Well, you know, asked for them to be um, fi- unlocked.
0: Oh, OK. So it was from Murder but, Sheet. I was. Yes, it's, that.
3: it's because of Murder Sheets um that they put in our request because it wasn't fair there was a lot of this information that Mm -hmm. should not have been sealed and they were sealing everything and the bottom line is is that the public has a right to know certain things and they were sealing everything so murder sheets put in a request to have the files unsealed and the judge felt i believe that that was a fair thing to do and they kept certain ones sealed still and then they um dumped the rest of them that they felt Shouldn't be sealed, but I think that they goof by leaving in the juveniles' li- names and stuff like that. Like Adam was pointing out yesterday, um, but yeah. Anyways, so
0: are, are they still uh, juveniles?
3: Not all of them.
2: Not all um, of them. There were there were there were one or two people mentioned in there that are still juveniles, um, but you know, in some places they did redact the names. Some which they had been redacted originally. Um, some places they're just um, initialed, um, but then other places they are you know, fully in there.
0: Well, I think that it's I'm not saying that I don't think that they should have redacted names or not, but I liked at least the initial aspect of it because there was some confusion as far as like, you know, um, who's saying what, especially when it came to these three juveniles that saw allegedly Richard Allen walking into the trail, it was hard to determine which juvenile was saying what, uh, which perspective they were coming from. And this definitely clears it up. Um, right. You know, going down to page 123 here, and this is the uh, motion uh, for leave of court uh, to subpoena third party records. And in this aspect, I bring this up because it has a much more detailed probable cause affidavit. Um, and in this um, in this statement here, it states that um, and this is the first time I've ever seen it, that. Investigators believe the evidence shows that Richard Allen is the male subject seen on the video from victim two's phone, who forced the victims down the hill. Further, that the victims were forced down the hill by Richard Allen and led to the location where their lives were taken. And so, um, I think there was a big question mark as far as, um, there was a huge question mark as far as, <clears throat> uh, You know, was Richard Allen the guy on the bridge? Was Richard Allen, you know, was there anybody else that was involved in this? Things like that. I think that kind of indicates to at least to me that law enforcement believe Richard Allen is bridge guy. I haven't seen much in this that would make us believe that there was somebody else involved. Uh, We'll start off with you, Sonny. Do you think somebody else was involved? Do you think that they allude to that in this? You're muted, by the way. You're you're muted.
3: Sorry, I was, I was, I didn't want your thing to play. As I was, I had to open up another uh, thing so I could say to George that I live in Vancouver, Canada. And no, there's no smoke here, George. You guys are getting all our smoke from Canada, but you're probably getting it from Ontario side over oh, there. Oh, got you. Um, so no, you know, um, it's one of those things. I think like most, and I can see it in the survey and the poll we did yesterday the more that this has gone on, the more people think that Kagan Klein probably does, maybe has nothing to do with it um, or that um, it's just one person. So the question to me that still has to be asked here is how did he know that the girls were going to be there because he had other options to take out uh, um, some other girls along the way. So Mm -hmm. if Libby or Abby was the target, Somebody then that would lead to believe that somebody had to lure them, um, you know, or that knew that there was watching that knew that they were going to be down there because I still feel like he was rushed there. He only got there 22 minutes before the girls. I just feel like that was rushed. So that there's certain little things that stop me from believing that it was just one person. But it's the more that it goes on and that there's no other arrests and different things, the more you start going, well, maybe this was a lone wolf thing.
0: Right, right. I mean, the one thing that bo- bothers me about this, as far as like, is this a possibility where it was just a crime of opportunity? You know, he wasn't there very long before they arrived, and the girls describe him walking. You know, like he's going. You know, on a mission, yeah, on a mission. Correct, and so you would assume that he was trying to get there before them, and how would he know that they were going to be there? You know, is it possible that he was also catfishing these girls? Maybe perhaps not, yeah. not, not uh, uh, involved with Keegan Klein.
3: Daniel, can I just bring one thing up yeah. in the documentary um, from Hannah Shakespeare that Fig Solves put out? Um, if there's one thing that said there, it's Max Snowberger says that Libby was um, like, there was this incident back in, Early uh, January, December, which we know it was probably more December, that uh-huh. that Abby, or sorry, that Libby was talking to this nineteen-year-old on Facebook, not Snapchat, and whatever he said, Facebook, and that she was blowing up his phone, asking, you know, like basically saying that there's this guy bugging her or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but he was gaming, so he kind of just blew her off, and then she said she had dealt with it. So it does make me wonder. If by chance the 19 year old is really Richard Allen and he was, you know, like being a nasty little perv, um, and whatever right. if he was dealing with it, and perhaps that she, that when she blocked him, did whatever that it's just like, oh, uh, uh you ain't getting away with that, you know, right. that's that kind of crossed my mind a little.
1: But to me, I would think the police department might be able to subpoena like the records
3: oh they but did the, well they the would
1: messenger and everything to see who she was talking to
3: right well at the time though they yeah i mean at the time obviously they told everyone that it wasn't top of social media for all those years yeah so it's it's, it's
0: crazy so um here's another aspect of this uh, that i think is pretty important and i want to get into this conversation it says investigators believe richard allen was was not seen on the trail after 213 because he was in the woods with victim one and two an unspent 40 caliber round was found between the bodies of victim one and two and was forensically determined to have been cycled through richard allen's six hour model p226 the six hour model p226 was found at richard allen's residence and he admitted to owning it now when you go further down a little bit um and it talks about the video it says investigators believe richard allen uh, committed this kidnapping, which resulted in the uh, taking of victim one and two's lives from their prior conclusions. Investigators believe that Richard Allen was the male depicted in victim two's video saying, guys, down the hill, they believe Richard M. Allen was carrying his six hour model P226 on that day due to the cycle ground matching the that firearm located within feet of victim two's body. It was uh, further uh, believed that he was carrying the six hour model P226 from the audio from victim two's video in which investigators believe they hear the sound of a gun being cycled on one of the victims mentioning a gun. Investigators believe after that time victim one and two were removed from the bridge by Richard where the, where the incident was occurred. Now this, this says here that that video was taken and that they could hear the sound of a gun being cycled. Yeah. Right. And that this was on the bridge. If he cycled the gun on the bridge, how does the round end up by the bodies a quarter mile away? I mean, he would have had to have done it twice.
2: Absolutely. Or he put it in his
3: pocket.
0: Yeah. I mean, he
1: could
3: have dropped it. Like, when he was um, posing the girls, I mean, I I thought of that exactly, too, Daniel. So, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because I, I thought that he cycled it twice, perhaps, and then I thought, well, okay, maybe he put it in his pocket when he did it the first time, and then when he was displaying the girls, that it possibly
0: fell out of the pocket right yeah no it's possible you know so i had theorized when you know i like to look at things from multiple angles right and i I will i I like to look at things from uh, two sides of the coin you know you have the prosecution you got the defense when i first read the probable cause affidavit and it spoke about um the round found near the bodies i i immediately thought how can we explain that And the first thing that came to mind was that in the probable cause affidavit, Richard Allen says that he uh, was checking his phone multiple times for stocks or whatever. Right. And I thought to myself, well, perhaps if he had his phone in his pocket and he had an unspent round that was cycled through his, his gun in his pocket, when he pulled out the phone, perhaps maybe the round fell out of his pocket and Libby and Abby come walking behind, find the round on the ground, pick it up and put it on their person. But this video here kind of leads you to believe that that's not the case and kind of has an explanation as to why um, there was a round there and that Richard Allen was at least at one time cycling, you know, the rounds through through that weapon uh, as a, um, in my opinion, as a form of control using fear. Does that make sense to you guys?
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. Now, one thing that I don't get that's not in these I mean I didn't read all of them yet but is if he had his phone looking at stocks did they ever do a GPS map of where he went
0: well the thing is they didn't catch on to him for like five or six years so I'm not sure if that data is available or not no that's true Just you know what I'm saying
1: after time
3: Well, they, they got enough phones don't they now to maybe right. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I mean, they they, they, they picked up a, quite a bit of stuff, quite a bit of stuff. Let's see. So on this also, it states that on April 3rd, Richard M. Allen made a phone call to his wife, Kathy Allen. And in that phone call, Richard M. Allen admits several times that he took the life of Abby and Libby. Investigators had a phone call transcribed in a trans- transcription. And that transcription confirms that Richard Allen admits to committing the crime uh, of taking the life of Abigail Williams and Liberty German. He admits several times within the phone call that he committed the offense as charged. His wife Kathy Allen ends the phone call abruptly. Now, to our knowledge, Kathy seems to be in support of his of her husband. Is that correct? She's been going uh, right. through, right. And what what cycling means is so <clears throat> when you have a um, a Glock type of uh, or six hour type of handgun, uh, an autumn a semi automatic handgun. You yeah, so have, I,
1: would, I would grab mine, but I don't have one here. I only have
0: a 38 so yeah. next to <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, so, so what happens is when when a sh- when a fire when a round is fired, uh, typically the the barrel will slide back, right, and it'll eject that um, empty casing. Now, in the movies, you'll see like people with guns, and they'll Cock the gun back by sliding, sliding back the barrel, and allowing a round to then go into the chamber, which then makes that weapon um, hot. It's a hot gun at that yeah, point, it right?
1: Makes it live, right?
0: Right, correct. And so, um, if you push that slide back, and there's already a round in the car- in the cartridge or in the chamber, I'm sorry, uh, that round will get ejected regardless if it's been shot or not and so a lot of people use that sliding maneuver or assume that that sliding maneuver was used as a form of some sort of uh, fear tactic to control so i hope i hope that made sense right Uh, so far is there anything in what we've seen that makes you think that or gives you an explanation or any type of like do you guys have an explanation for anything that could lead that maybe Richard Allen isn't the guy.
3: No, he's absolutely the guy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. But you, I, I, in that, within that conversation you just read, I just want to point out because I kept seeing people go, well, I don't know if it was like that. He said it in multiple phone calls. It literally says within the phone call, he committed defenses mm-hmm. of charge. A lot of people were discussing like, well, was it over like the course of a few conversations to his mom, to his to his wife, to this, to that, like to, but it says within several times within the phone call, not random. Only because I seen people saying that yesterday and I was like, what?
0: Well, I mean, even, even in this probable cause affidavit, the, the prosecution is alluding to the fact that, um, Richard Allen's defense that his, uh, that he's deteriorating is in question. It says, soon after attorneys for Richard Allen filed an emergency motion to modify safekeeping order, which was after April 4th. In that motion, the defense states that Richard Allen mental state has declined because of the Westfield correctional facility is unfit and he should be moved. Defense also makes allegations of his mental health has declined to the point where Richard Allen has been deprived of his constitutional right to assist in his defense case. Furthermore, defense alleges that his mental capacity has declined because of his incarceration at Westfield correctional facility. The defense also challenged this. His treatment uh, is unconstitutional. Soon after, investigators were made aware of the warden's correctional facility that Richard Allen began to act strangely. So um, Richard Allen was wetting down paperwork that he had gotten from his attorneys and eating it. He was refusing to eat, refusing to sleep. He would go days on end, refusing to sleep. However, broke two tablets he he used for text messages and phone calls. He went from making two phone calls a day as of April 3rd, 2023 to not making any phone calls at all. To date, Richard Allen has still not made a phone call since April 3rd, 2023. So since he confessed to his wife and we find out later also his mom, he's not used the phone. And this is when everything started to go down. He started eating his paperwork. You know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's his treatment. It's his treatment. But I don't think that the. Um, you know, the corrections facility is serving his court documents on a hot plate. And I don't think that the corrections facility are purposely keeping him awake at night. I think those are actions upon his own self. Do you find this at all suspicious? We'll start off with you, Sonny.
3: With him, like, suspicious as in, like... Well, uh, okay, well,
0: let me, like, let me rephrase this. If if he is doing this purposefully, what does that tell you about Richard Allen? Well,
3: he's, he's doing it purposefully. You know, mm-hmm. um and he smashed his um his pad that he used. Mm-hmm. Like I said, so like I said, to me, all this stuff, this is just a facade. And that Baston person, um, I mean, what a joke that guy is too. Um, mm-hmm. not credible whatsoever. But anyways, right. he's to me, you know, to, don't get me wrong, there's corrupt um correctional facilities and all that stuff throughout the entire world here, but um to me. This is a high-profile case. He's getting treated the way that he should be, and he's bringing this upon himself, and it's all to do with the guilt and his wife. If the, if the wife hangs up on him, you know, and he starts sulking, he's probably going through the poor meat pity syndrome. Um, Kind of weird, eating, wetting down his paper and eating it. It's almost like he's turning into an animal himself, but this is because of, um, allegedly, <laughs> the stuff that he did. But anyways... That's how I see it.
0: Right. Right. And so uh, I I think what it tells me about him is if he's faking this right. And, and they allude a little bit further on. It says that, um, you know, he wanted to move, be moved out of this place. Right. And it said that they created a panel. The panel would discuss moving Richard Allen to a different facility that has a psychiatric unit. From that meeting, it was determined that Richard Allen did not need involuntary medication. And he did not need to be moved to another facility since that meeting. Richard Allen has begun to eat again and has begun to sleep. His behavior has then begun to return to what it was prior to making the admission on April 3rd, 2023. So it sounds like it, like you mentioned, it was some sort of facade, perhaps maybe to just get into this other you know, facility uh, at the very bare minimum. Now. What that tells me, though, is that, you know, this guy has a lot of um, mental strength. I mean, it takes it takes mental strength to be disciplined enough to not eat, stay awake, eat paperwork um, and and, you know, physically change his body in the manner that he did. It does not sound to me that his body was physically changed uh, based on his surrounding versus his own actions. I mean, you know, we've taught or we hear stories like, for instance, like a Christian Bale who is an actor who has changed his body uh, for multiple roles in different movies. And, you know, that takes a lot of determination that is very difficult to do and takes a lot of mental uh, ability. Well, that doesn't sound like somebody to me that is, it's crazy.
3: You I know, what I'm they saying? want to throw it out of court, too, the, right, you know, right. the, the confessions. <laughs> Well,
1: that, but I, I always thought that that was going to be his scheme that that was that was going to be his end game because like what two months after the the body was discovered he checked himself in into a mental uh, uh, a mental facility for treatment
0: right I don't know I know that he did at one point. Um... Uh, that he, tra- he he checked himself in. But I, I heard it was after the, after the incident. I also heard it was before the incident, like a couple of years before. Do you, are you guys aware of uh, Richard Allen committing himself to a mental hospital?
2: I mean, I've heard the rumor. I've never, I mean, he, you know, clearly his, you know, it's, it's going to be in his mental health record. So that's not going to be, you know, because of HIPAA, that won't be, you know, public. But um, I've heard the rumor. Um, I do want to mention really quickly that, you know, and, you know, the state of Indiana, competency to um, stand trial, you know, so even if the you know, unless he were to change his plea to, you know, guilty um, and try to get a um, insanity plea, um, that's a different story. But I mean, if he maintains an innocent plea and he is deemed incompetent to stand trial at that time, it doesn't alleviate him from the charges. All it does is going to, it's going to put him into a into a psychiatric right. unit in a facility um, to restore competency. Um so, I mean, it doesn't take away the charges. It's not going to keep him from going to court. All it's going to do is prolong the situation. He's going to have to go to a facility. He'll get deemed competent. He'll then he trial. Yeah, so right. it's really, you know, a moot point as far as, you know, him being, um, his mental health is, you know, because he's going to have to stand, um, he's going to have to stand, um, um, li- you know, for for, you know, what he's being accused of. Right. Right.
0: No, 100%. One hundred percent. And then I never said he was smart. I said that he was doing this to um, change his appearance so he can get certain things that he wants. And for somebody to do that, to have that mental, you know, discipline to to not eat when there's food in front of you after being starving, after starving yourself to to keep yourself awake. uh, I mean, those are some pretty crazy things to put yourself through.
3: I think it was just an act. I mean, honestly, it was yeah. like, here, I kind of look crazy. Um, move me closer. And, um, you know, like I said, the lawyers want those confessions thrown out. Uh, you know, remember how you said, I think you, I believe you said, Daniel, that you felt like Delphi was the stronger case than the Koberger one. Mm-hmm. I believe that Delphi is the stronger case now with these yeah. confessions in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I was. You know, I I don't like to toot my own horn or anything like that, but yeah, I I I surely thought that this was a uh, uh, this case, the probable cause affidavit. I felt that there was more information that was also going to come out of this case, um, that was going to lead to him. And he put himself there, you know, and then you know you have the weapon that ends up being a statistical match. Uh, I I just feel that. It was a stronger case. I mean, you, you have the guy putting himself there and it, that timeline was just it's just so tight. You know, it had been one thing that had he been there all morning and trolling and waiting for somebody, then, you know, you can kind of come up with a couple of different explanations. Maybe he was out in the woods. That's why nobody saw him or whatever the case may be. But, you know, he specifically says that he was there. He went to the bridge, watched the fish, went back to a bench and then left. And there was so many different people that were there. They can attest that they either saw him heading towards that bridge, but never saw him leaving. You know, there's nobody that ever saw him walking again back on the trail. Nobody ever saw him walking out of that trail. You know, the only person that possibly sees him leaving that area is somebody that describes him bloody and muddy. Yeah, right.
3: He didn't know that he had a video of his butt.
0: Of his butt?
3: Well, I mean, like
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they took a you video know?
3: of that? <laughs> like, when he admitted that, he had no clue that there was a video of him on the bridge. Right. You yeah. know? So that's what still blows me away right. with this whole thing. <laughs> what,
1: what What blows me away is that he's still like trying to help with the case. You know, he. Um,
0: well, that, he's just trying to get information, but.
1: I know, but like, even when I like, tried to help the families, you know, make the posters and the flyers and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, like, that was pretty fast that stuff. That's pretty crazy.
3: Right.
0: Well, I mean, I think that was that was another way of him to get close to the family, to re- right. relive what he did by, mm-hmm. you know, having access of pictures and things of that nature that, you know, aren't on social media, that are private to the family and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, it's actually quite disturbing when you think about it, you yeah. know, In the state's objection to the defendant's motion for order on continuing disclosure for defendant's mental health records. In number eight, it says that the defendant has admitted to committing the the offense that he is charged with no less than five times while talking to his wife and his mother on public jail phones available to the Indiana Department of Corrections. And so I know there was a question that, you know, was he telling his his attorney these things? There's attorney-client privilege. This phone calls, recordings to his wife and mom I don't think fall under that same protection no. um i right. think this is pretty damning yeah they
1: same as that. same as a letter if you would have wrote a letter is your your mail gets read when you send it out and receive it hmm. so it, it all can be used against you
0: 100 i think
1: that like that one story that the that the dad gets arrested i oh, know the son gets arrested and he said and he calls the dad right and he says I'm sorry dad I'm not going to be able to help you plant the harvest this year you know but if you do stay away from this side of the garden because you might find you know you might find something right so he's the guy's being uh, put in jail for murder so then there goes the police tear up all the property looking for the bodies and there's nothing there so now, now that the ground the groundsman cleared dead, now you can plant the seeds, you know, it, it's a ruse.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you, man. Let's see. So in here, this talks about, and this is the uh, affidavit for search warrant. In my opinion, this goes into a lot of details about the case that we weren't aware of. I mean, it talks about the 43 seconds um, in length video that was captured at 213 by one of the victims. Um, that dictates, uh, Abigail walking on the uh, a Monhan high bridge toward Liberty while a male subject wearing a dark jacket and jeans walks behind her. Uh, near the end of the video, the man is heard in the video telling the girls down the hill through further investigation location of the bodies. Investigates located at point 40 caliber on spent round. They also determined the articles of clothing from the girls were missing from the scene, including a pair of underwear and a sock. Now. <laughs> It, I would I would assume Do you guys. What do you think happened that day? Do you think it was a kidnapping gone wrong or do you think that the intent was always to take their lives? All right. So you think that was the intent? Um, that's insane. Because I, I was thinking, you know, there was I think it was described that the, the scene was staged, right? I think
1: because the, if it would have
0: tried to been like a kidnapping,
1: he parked way too far for him to try to kidnap him.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: He would have yeah. parked at the at the at the at the cemetery. cemetery.
2: Yeah. yeah, or or the to, private drive. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I also think. I mean, he went to that. He went to that. You know, he went to the bridge that day with, um, you know, his gun and yeah. clearly also a knife. So I mean, right. You know, I understand, you know, that could be for intimidation purposes, but like Blue said, I think he parked much too far away for that to be,
3: um, to be yeah. probable. And there was so much physical evidence there, right? Remember what Ives always right. said, there was so much physical evidence there. That means that he came back and stuff. There was so much physical evidence.
1: Yeah. And somebody put on there, if we done this case and the Summer Wells case, yeah, we we've done a lot of cases other than Idaho four, but we've just been doing a lot of Idaho four lately. Uh, yeah, we did talk a little bit about some of the
3: wells. Idaho, they've been unpacking so much paperwork and so much stuff lately, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out with Idaho lately. So, you know, if people, you, you do what people want. You know, like you yeah. guys, Idaho, right? Me, Nicola, bully a lot was a lot yeah right. until the inquest. But yeah, you you can't you do what people are wanting. Yeah, you know? right, right. And yeah. Idaho uh, is
0: a huge case. Yeah, yeah, it still is. I mean, there's still a lot of questions around it and, and circumstances that go through it. And like like a lot of people said, you know, that the Idaho probable cause affidavit for Brian Coburger looked a lot more, you know, looked a lot stronger than what this case did. Ooh. And, um, you know, I think that's I think that is probably for a lot of people the other way right now. You know, uh, especially given the fact that there was no DNA in that uh, in that vehicle. Now, in here, they talk about taking, you know, searching for DNA in his in his focus. Um, you know, Richard yeah. Allen made a lot of mistakes. I mean, people talk about the mistakes that Brian Koberger made by leaving the sheath, Richard Allen put himself on the scene. He kept his clothes. He's kept his gun. He kept his knives. Uh, mm. You know, he admitted to the crime. Like that is an example of somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. And, you know, when I bring up that there was a pair of underwear and a sock missing, and there was, early on, it was indicated that the scene was staged, which, to me, would probably Mm -hmm. lead me to believe that he was attempting to get away with this, right? He was staging it so that, you know, law enforcement can look in a different direction. right? You know, taking of the underwear and sock, I don't believe they found that at his house. And so I think that he was trying to convince law enforcement that whoever committed this was a, uh, a habitual offender, somebody that had done it before and that they were looking for a serial rapist type of person. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And
0: so, um, you know, he, he, and, you know, given he went down there, told him he was there, you know, probably because he was on his phone and realizing that they probably going to check the phone records or the phone stuff at the tower nearby and that they would figure out that he was, Relatively close, so I think that's probably the main reason why he came forward. But he, he he put himself there wearing the clothes that the bridge guy was wearing. Kept the gun. Those are some big mistakes. Right. You know When you look at what Coburger did, yeah, uh, he left the knife sheath. If it weren't for that knife sheath, we wouldn't right. know he was he's right. you know we would not know who he was. What do you guys think about Fred Hill, Summer's neighbor, admitting to admitting on a phone call from jail that he knows the man responsible for the Whoa! I didn't even know that. I need to look into that. When was that, bottle? Do you guys? Are any of you guys aware of that? I'd heard that. I don't follow that case though.
3: It, I used what? to follow the case, and I don't so much anymore. It was too many wacko jackos following that case. I, I, <laughs> I literally couldn't handle it all. It was it, it was ridiculous.
0: No,
1: I hear you. I hear you. Let's yeah, we like following different cases. So, uh, different yeah,
0: but Richard Allen was actually the first like bigger case that we looked into that um got us a little bit of traction in the youtube world um, yeah. and that that's what i told the abc
1: but they chopped and screwed my words and uh, put idaho in the face of, of delphi you
3: know, uh within delphi the uh, see that, that there's a thing a little bit there because that's a sock was taken you right know, as well as an undergarment and that's in the unredacted version nobody's ever right. seen that but anyways because um remember in the so in the letter to kelly brown that Kagan klein wrote he was talking about basically his sock addiction really yeah that's why no. yeah so that's why it's kind of like how many things can you have you know and then it, it would be like i said so strange if Kagan klein is becomes a wash out of all of this, I don't know.
2: Right. Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we some, if you and anyone that's followed the Delphi case, you know, I mean, the word, the name Anthony Schatz has been focused on so many, so long, for so long and so many times. Um, that name isn't mentioned one time in I any think- of the paperwork. So, you know, I mean, I know some people are going to maintain that, you know, that's because, you know, they're keeping that under wraps. But I mean, just going by the information that is in front of, me, of us today, I mean... I, I, I don't see any direct connection whatsoever between Richard Allen and Kagan Klein. If it's there, I think it's peripheral um, and probably in the Loring or um, CSAM world. But right. as far as direct involvement in the um, in the deaths of the girls, I don't see any other involvement by any other person. Yeah. I don't
3: That's... see direct involvement yet. Yeah, them.
0: it's it's looking more and more so like, these, these poor girls are just a victim of a couple of different crimes by some horrible people.
1: Yeah, um, but the, the thing that I don't get is, like, do they have evidence against him chatting with them? Because remember that one friend that came out saying that they had asked him if he wanted to go with them because they were going to meet up with a guy yeah. that day with them?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
1: Who was the person on the other end of the line?
0: But but Sonny brought up a good point earlier that um, there was uh, somebody else that was on Facebook that was 19 years old that she claimed to have been talking to. You know, that person that came out saying that, um, that you, you know, that they that he was supposed to go out there, but I think his dad made him go to the market or something that morning instead. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. farm auction. Right, yeah. right. And so, um, but he had indicated or alluded that those girls were trying to get several people out there. So is there a possibility that, you know, also amongst that list was that 19-year-old Facebook person who was not Anthony Schatz, who may have been
3: allegedly Richard Allen. Um,
0: you know, the last piece of information or, or stuff that I had seen outside of that search warrant
3: that
0: I, that, I, that I thought was very, oh, go ahead.
3: There is something from the search warrant that um, that we were talking about yesterday still, and that would be Kyla Brummett. Um, so they listed the names of the, of the uh, witnesses. And mm-hmm. then they put the initials for the juveniles. But then, like, in another one, um, when Adam was zipped in through, uh, they, uh, when we pulled it up or whatever, too, they like they had the actual names because um, Adam, um, somebody sent it to Adams, uh, the other one. Because there was many times that this affidavit is in there, is in all right. those files. But right. so, like I did yesterday, I want to explain Kyla Brummett. Well, Adam, you go ahead with that one. Because, I mean the ski mask incident the whole reason why this, but adam explain again who caught Ky- kyla Brumet is to the to um everyone right adam election.
2: and not to convolute you know everything because you know maybe it, i mean this is a, you know this is a rural area so i mean maybe it's just an example of small town america um but anyway, you know in the kagan klein um interrogation there was the name um Brumet was used um and the you know there was there was um, uh, an alleged ski mask incident where um, a friend of of the big, of one of the victims um, had someone, she said, came to her window in a ski mask the week after the, um, the murders of the girls. Um, and that girl's name is here in the affidavit as, because she's also apparently friends with one of the w- juvenile witnesses that was there that day. It right. could have absolutely no connection um, or it could allude to something, but um, I don't see any evidence of that right now.
3: I'm. hey, okay,
0: so, Oh, go ahead. I had heard this rumor. I didn't know what her name I was. I
3: want to say but, it better than that, though. I do.
0: <laughs> I had heard that... Um, see, I had heard this rumor, but I didn't know what the girl's name was, right? I had heard that the Anthony Schatz profile was talking to Liberty and to somebody else, right. and, and that and it, was. It, it appeared that that other person was who um, Anthony Schatz was more interested in, and that that other person was the girl, uh, This this girl, apparently. Is yep. that true? Yes.
3: The girl, right? The girl that said, "Have you heard what happened to Abby and Libby, or whatever it was, Libby?" This is Kyla Brummett. So this mm-hmm. is the same girl. This is from the sleepover. Okay. Right. She's from the sleepover, and so right, so she's the one that um, basically, obviously, had given her number to the or address to the Anthony Schatz account. Now, th- this is uh, Kyla Brummett. So they don't they know kegan klein already meaning but they don't know that he's the anthony shots account right mm-hmm. so when mm-hmm. she gives out the address or whatever again somebody appears looking through the window and that's how this whole thing transpired into like because it said uh even though we've never ever seen proof of it that there was a ski max incident now if anyone's ever remembered uh tony uh there was two ski mask incidents back in 2010 with um right in Young America, uh basically some neighbors, and that's where uh, Tony uh, Klein lived, okay, mm-hmm. in those same two. So that's why it's kind of hard to overlook that they're claiming a ski mask incident happened, yet there's nothing to prove that, but regardless, Kyla Bromet is the friend of Libby's from the sleepover. That said, did you hear what happened to Abby and Libby? And it was because of whoever she, the Anthony shots account that she invited was the only one that she gave it out to was hence why the whole CSAM and the connection to Kagan Klein talking to Libby came out. So that's how that was.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, wasn't it her testimony or her incident that brought a light the Anthony shots account?
2: Yes. That's what that's, that's at least what law enforcement um, alleged in the, um, in their interrogation with um, Kagan Klein. I mean, we know law enforcement can lie, but um right. But um, why they would have done that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I will, you know, like Sonny said, as far as the ski mask thing, and you know, I don't want to confuse people because you know we're talking about Richelle and everything. But the um, there is no, you know, I've never been able to find a 911 call, a police report, anything. Um, even some of the family members of of this of this person um, don't know what ski mask incident or anything anyone's talking about. Um, hmm. So I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that, you know, it's made up, but I've I've never seen any proof of it. And I've and I've dug pretty deep for it.
0: Yeah, I've heard that, too. I've heard people say that they've heard this rumor, but they've never been able to find anything there right. that, that, that <laughs> circulates. it.
3: But so, he ahead. was invited there some way, like meaning there was something that happened, obviously. In order right. To, that's why the police went there. And that's when they, this all came about. So something did happen. Just don't know if it was the ski mask or something else. Anyways, onto onto all this SAG, the goodies that they took from his home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this is is the last thing we're going to talk about before we call it a day um, is the results of the search warrant as far as what was taken from his house. Now, they took a one black six hour, right? And they also took and this is the interesting part is a sealed plastic bag containing 140 caliber Smith and Western cartridge found in a wooden keepsake box on a dresser between both closets in the master bedroom. That's pretty odd. That's suspicious. Do you think that that is the round that... So we have him apparently cycling the cycling his gun on the bridge, and then there's a round found between the bodies, which would lead you to think that maybe perhaps he cycled another round at, at that point as well. You think that's the first round that he cycled on the bridge kept as a keepsake?
3: Oh Well, the, which, uh,
0: the one wood. that was in the cartridge uh, that was found in the wooden keepsake box.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's what that is. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know why you would keep just one cartridge in a plastic bag as a wood, in a wooden keepsake. Right. Unless it was part of the crime. Yeah. yeah. It was
1: it was his uh, trophy.
0: Yeah. yeah. absolutely. Let's see. Um, you know, they found a bunch of things that are associated with guns, you know, cartridges, uh, magazines. Um, sealed paper bag containing a paper wrapped wooden weave box containing two audiovox devices, one silver Motorola flip phone, one silver Motorola flip phone four car chargers, and three wall outlet chargers. So these are old phones of, Co- of Cobra, I'm sorry, of Richard Allen. <laughs> uh, interesting. I wonder if any of these were the phones that he was utilizing during that time of the incident. 2017, I don't think flip phones were that popular. You know, I think they were already out of service in 2017.
1: Yeah. Well, they yeah. still made them if you used the uh, pay-by phone.
2: Unless oh, you use true, a, yeah, right? a burn, like a burner, a burner phone. Burner yeah. phone, yeah. And, you know, I was quickly if you know if you're if you were to bu- want to use a burner phone that no one knew about, CVS is a pretty good place to buy one. And if you're an employee, of CVS it's a pretty easy um, acquisition to make. Yeah, that's true. That is
0: true. Great, great assumption. The great uh, connection there. Yeah. A sealed plastic bag containing one Lexar Compact Flash one gig memory card. And so I think those are probably the most important things. And this is for lab use only. So these were things that were going to be um, utilized in a lab. I guess all of them say lab use only. And uh, the rest of this stuff, he's got some boots size seven and a half to six and a half. He's a small person.
2: Right. Yeah. Like
0: that's kid size. I think Blue wears seven and a half. Blue, do you wear seven and a half? i wish
1: i would be, I'd be getting <laughs> jordan's on, on the deals man He's is size 12 to 13.
3: Maybe 10 to 12 is a man size so 10 to 13.
1: yeah yeah, he, yeah.
3: He, he's got he's, some babies yeah
0: mm-hmm. sealed envelope containing one silver double-edged knife and a silver metal sheath uh brown brown gold and silver folding knife um, brown gold silver folding knife Black-handed, silver-bladed imperial knife. Uh, a sheath containing with red and gold handle. Another two Ozar trail knives. A black sheath containing a knife with a wood ivory handle and a gold guard. Two more knives. Uh, let me see if there's just anything that yeah important.
1: Yeah. I don't think they disclosed yet, like how gruesome it was, but Again. it was it was bad. Right. And
3: it was with a knife. Yeah. Well, they actually say it now. Like, I mean, I always knew it was a knife. I think most people did. Um, But now they actually have said knife. Um, And that's, that's the thing. If people forget is that they were searching for someone with a knife collection. Okay. They wouldn't be saying that. I'll tell you this. They wouldn't be saying that. If there wasn't something at the crime scene that led them to believe that or that it was videotaped so in the beginning they were looking to find footage you know they were going to the stores but they were looking for someone with a collection well here's your guy with the collection right here you know he he obviously has a collection of knives a, a big collection than most people would have do you, do you remember that you guys
0: yeah. yeah 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 no i think i think you're right Here's the other thing that I I see here. It says one winter gray hat with fur like fibers. So these are examples of winter gray hats. That one looks kind of familiar. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That one looks a little familiar. So, you know, that's what one of those uh, winter gray hats. So it may not be the same hat, but it says that he likes hats that are like that. Right. Right. You know, a bunch of other clothing that's probably black in color, or dark in color, uh, an NFL cult skull cap, a uh, Carhartt stocking cap. Well,
3: right, right there, Daniel, above that, you'll see where, like uh, what we were talking about yesterday, too. on ours was where it says the brown uh, with a short bill. Because remember, that was, was. Yeah.
2: Where's this? Uh,
0: oh, yeah. That's with a, a small bill right there.
2: 30, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the things they always said, you know, that they thought he might be wearing a short brimmed hat
0: bro yeah. Right. yeah and then there's laptops laptops headbands uh cellular information ammo box
3: what does headband a, mean to you
0: a headband
3: yeah. yeah are you thinking like a goPro for, headband or what? let's see what are you thinking I mean. for headbands you guys
1: At, uh to me i'm thinking like like a you know um the ones we use for like when you work out or like tennis, yeah. the white headbands that people use.
0: Yeah, the sweatbands.
3: Like yeah. one to the oldies with Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I, I have to use that. them sometimes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh right. Let's see. Um, a micro two gig flash drive with Rick on the back. One terabyte Western digital hard drive. A samsung phone and a floor case uh another knife knife hard drive and cord a small envelope containing black ipod uh another containing uh sd cards vehicle chargers while outlets, phone accessories another laptop two pagers man this guy kept all this smack he, he all this stuff you yeah. know, from two pagers another mm-hmm. two flip phones uh lg smartphone an lg slide motorola's verizon smartphone you never threw anything away he's a hoarder mm-hmm. yeah there was a Audiovox nokia and a motorola cell phone and a bunch of devices here that are another galaxy another
2: lg singular flip phone yeah <laughs> it's
3: was- you wonder Go ahead. Sorry,
2: Adam. seventeen phones in total and two pagers is what I counted. How many? Seventeen phones and two pagers. That's a lot. Yeah. He it's doesn't
0: crazy. know that you can trade them in.
3: Yeah. Well, doesn't it make you wonder if there was other crimes committed? Well, well yeah, yeah, one hundred percent.
1: It's, it's like that case that just happened with the stepdad, that one that uh, murdered the two girls that came over and his own children. In Oklahoma
2: yeah. oh yeah yeah in Oklahoma when they went to go search the house there was a bunch of phones yeah when you know yeah, presumably absolutely. I mean he you know Richard Allen does have a wife and a, and a daughter so I'm assuming that you know some of those probably were were you know his daughters or wives as well but it is it's still a lot of devices to have um, in my opinion.
3: a lot of that's, knives and a lot of devices for sure
2: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of phones just for three
0: people. Now, they uh, they also took uh, cuttings of the carpet area underneath the spare tire of the Ford Focus.
2: That was interesting. That's,
0: that is interesting. I wonder what they think they found in there. Maybe he put his jacket or his coat or stuff in his trunk. Uh, sealed envelope containing two plastic wrappers, including one swab from the driver lap belt and one swap from the driver shoulder belt from the Ford Focus and two plastic wrappers containing two swabs from the passenger side carpeted floorboards. Now we don't know the results of these yet. Is that correct? Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, we didn't. We don't know the results yet of those things, and so um, we don't know if if there's any DNA came back. I will say this: if DNA comes back on this car six years later, and nothing comes back in Koberger's case, then that's that's weird. <laughs> you know, needless to say, uh, but. You know, we're we're just hit over the hour mark. Um, we'll go through some final words before we call it a show. Uh, we'll start off with you, Cindy. So, how, how confident are you now in this case against Richard Allen?
3: Um, well, against Richard Allen, uh, very, very confident. Absolutely. You think um, he
2: did
3: it? Yeah. Once it, once he was arrested, and yeah, I mean, I mean, especially with the confessions. I mean, that that's just like, thank you for the butter, buddy. Thank you for the cherry on top. 100
0: percent what about you um adam what what are your thoughts Uh, you think he's you think there's any chance possible that he didn't do it
2: no i don't i i think i think richard allen is the right guy i think he's the i think he's the um the the um the pos that did this Um, i do want to mention really quickly before we go um you know i know that that you know a lot of the focus has been on richard allen with this um but i you know i think it's important to mention you know that Libby and abby are you know the victims here and um I know that Libby's family has always said that you know one of the things that she used to always say is um, you know just a minute, and so they started this little thing after she um, after the crime where they said if you know you have an extra minute in your day, just think about Libby, think about Abby, Um, because you know he's getting so much attention, and and um, and I know that you know it probably means a lot for the family uh, if we put some of the focus on the girls. One hundred percent. One hundred percent.
3: Yeah. And and Fig Salves did a great video yesterday for anyone yeah. that still believes that Ron Logan is the BG, by the way. He oh did man, it, like, that's yeah, I know, but they're but they but he did a great video yesterday. If you <laughs> hadn't seen it, it was kind of like a three minute one, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like, come on, get over the Ron Logan thing,
0: right? Exactly, like when it comes to the Ron Logan thing, I think, I mean. <sighs> I understand that you know why they looked at him at a certain point. I understand why um you know he was a suspect, but once once somebody is no longer a suspect, I gotta let that go. You know what I'm saying? yeah, i I feel that there's a lot of people that got too invested into Ronald Logan being the bridge guy that they don't want to let it go regardless of what the evidence shows. You get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Right.
0: And, and if you're not following, it's a crying shame. Make sure you go follow them. They're at nine point two three k subscribers. That's crazy. when awesome you guys were here guys. last, y'all were like at six or something, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, a lot of UK people because of the Nicola Bully case. But you know, it's like a stepping stone. I mean, of course, we're aiming for ten k at some point. But the you know, some love,
1: guys. Let's jump over there and subscribe. Yeah. It doesn't cost can, anything.
3: You guys can give us some love. Exactly. It doesn't cost anything. And we do follow a lot of the same cases, and I just want to say that I love the Drunk Turkey um, yeah, team, awesome. honestly. And I know Jaime's not here, um, but I love these. I love people that really, like I said, you guys are well-grounded. Um, you know what? And, and you uh, talk a lot of sense, and you're chill, and you're like the perfect recipe together, for sure. And I love you guys. Well, thank oh, we you.
0: appreciate you. Thank you. We love you, too. We love yeah. everybody that's part of the show that's come on, and and our mods and our our subscribers and our and our members, if you guys aren't following, make sure you go and follow. It's a crime and shame. Uh, yeah. Let's get them to 10k. Let's hit that 10k yeah. mark.
3: Yes. Yeah. In five minutes, guys. Five minutes. If, if, if they,
0: they get to the 10k, they, they'll have a
2: drink with us, I maybe. Mean, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll have a birthday. Absolutely. Back.
3: That would be a good birthday gift. <laughs> oh, which reminds me, I bought you a beer the other day because I saw that. I, I was like. Because I finally figured it out, but I didn't realize that you guys already figured it out. It took me forever to figure out how to change it. So ours is tacos. Oh, nice.
0: Oh, nice.
3: Yeah, because we always talk about Taco Tuesday on our show. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) what what we were surprised about the other day is that we figured out you can do this now, and just swap everybody around. You didn't know that? No, (laughs) no. We just figured that
0: out.
3: Do you know that you can actually create your own setup as well? No. Oh, you well, can.
0: Um, there's yeah. a edit button, so I'm assuming. that's Yes, what that's.
3: exactly. You can edit create your layout. own thing, but you guys didn't know you could swap. That's funny. That's
0: nah, we're we're very new to this. I'm telling you guys, we're very new to this. I mean, don't don't let the subscriber list fool you guys. We don't know what the oh, hell we're that's doing. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. Uh We have oh, a doctor's appointment to run on, or else we'd stay on longer. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Hit that like and subscribe button, everybody on your way out. Big Blue, take us out. I just want to say thank you everybody for coming on. I want to thank all
1: the people that are on here today and I just don't remember who you said the birthday was, but one of the girls' birthday was the other day and let's not forget um, is it Libby or Abby? It was Abby's. Oh, Abby. Abby. Yes. Yeah, so you know, happy birthday to Abby up in heaven. Um, your uh, the person that committed your crime will you, get his time
0: in court, and justice will be will be provided. Yeah, we're looking forward to it, and um we're looking forward to getting justice in this case. We'll be back tomorrow night. Jaime should be okay from his dislocation, and so he'll be mm-hmm. on the show. But further, without further ado, okay, we'll see you then.
3: So what happened? Peace. What happened to Jaime? I would um, say
0: after.